Welcome to the Aligned Women Podcast, a podcast to empower women in chiropractic to grow practices that work for their families. I'm Dr. Danielle Eaton. And I'm Dr. Shauna Dingman. We're two moms who are navigating the journey of life and practice just like you. So sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy the show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Aligned Women podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Shauna Dingman, and today I'm going to bring you an on-air coaching call. I absolutely love doing the one-on-one strategy sessions that we sometimes get to do with clients. They're really, they're kind of one-off sessions that people pay us to do to work through a specific problem and get through a, uh, get a specific set of action steps that will take them through the next say quarter of their practice in order to increase growth personally and professionally. And one of the reasons that Danielle and I like to air some of these strategy sessions, of course, with permission of the person that we're doing it with is because first of all, we choose strategy sessions that have really common themes to the themes that lots of our clients are struggling with. So it's a way for basically for you to get some free coaching. But the other thing is it gives you an idea of how we work through these problems and how we kind of get to the root of things with our clients so that if you're considering working with us in a one-on-one session, you really have a good idea of what to expect. So I loved doing this content today. Um, Systems and automation and retention, those are really, those are some of the big things that I really enjoy working through people, working with people through because it makes such a big difference in their practice. And you know that the real core principle of aligned women is not working harder, not working more hours, but working smarter and figuring out ways to get to the same result, but doing it much quicker or much more effectively. So today I have the privilege of speaking with Dr. Lauren Hedricks, who practices at Inner Strength Chiropractic in Avondale, Arizona. And Lauren came to me wondering if I could help her with retention. So she she felt she had a real retention issue with patients. And what was really cool is that as we dug into the problem, we realized that yes, there's a retention issue for sure, but there's also a huge mindset issue and there's a special dynamic issue that she has with her front desk uh, chiropractic assistant who is also a very special person in her life. And I think that a lot of you will be able to relate to the struggles that Lauren and I talk about. So I hope you enjoy the episode and that you're able to take some action steps from it just like Lauren has. Enjoy. Hi, Lauren. Welcome to the Aligned Woman podcast. I'm glad you're here today. Me too. Thanks so much. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and your practice. What do we, what what does our listener want to know about you? So I've been in practice since 2008 and it's just me in my office. I do sublease a room to another chiropractor who works part-time, but that's really been a great arrangement, surprisingly. Um, He doesn't see any of my patients. We're pretty much completely separate. We just share the space. And then I have two children, nine and five, and a wonderful husband. And that's about about it for me. I graduated from Palmer West 
and we moved to Arizona in 2008 and started my practice in someone else's office. And then that ended very badly after I had my son when I came back from maternity leave. Mm. And so I decided I can do this. And with my six week old, well, I guess when I decided he was like four week old baby, I went out and got my own space and kind of moved my very, very small patient base over. And I have just been making it work ever since. Oh, I can so relate to that story. I was actually um, just recording a pod- I was I was being interviewed by another podcast, and we were talking about the story of, you know, how, how you got started. I have the same story as you, Lauren, where I started as a maternity locum for somebody, and we went into partnership together, and it was a disaster. It was the worst partnership, and it ended really messy and really badly, and I was the same. I had, you know, a little guy at home and kind of figuring out oh my goodness, I have to get out right now. Like I rented, that was my house and my clinic. So I was evicted from everything. I had no home and no, no place to practice. And, um, same thing. Like I just was driving down the street to go and boohoo to my husband and I saw a place for lease and I went in, signed the papers. It was available immediately. And it's amazing, isn't it? When one door closes, something else opens. I know for me, that was a game changer. My life is so different because I got tossed out of that partnership. And I'm mm-hmm. sure you feel the same way. Oh, yeah. Okay. So what can I help you with today, Lauren? So I need some help with patient retention. I have no problem getting new patients. I get referrals from existing patients. I have patients coming back five years later, but I have a really hard time getting new patients to stay. So I don't know, I've come to the conclusion that it's me. It's something I'm saying, something I'm doing. (laughs) And it's not that they don't like me. It's like, I'm not educating them or I'm not showing them value, but there's something happening in the communication where there's a breakdown and I keep trying different things to make it work. And it just feels like I maybe make just teeny tiny baby steps, which is good, but I'm not where I feel like I could be with new patient retention. I mean... I feel like I could do better. I just don't really know what to do, what would make it better. Okay, awesome. What does your gut tell you? So just, you mentioned a couple of things there. What does your gut tell you is the biggest issue going on? My gut tells me that I'm a little too laid back in my treatment plans and too laid back with holding people accountable to their care. Oh, okay. So right off the bat, when you said you you have no problem getting patients, you get lots of referrals, clearly people like you and trust you because people don't refer to other practitioners that they don't trust. So you've you've got the no like and trust factor down pat. Probably what's going on is exactly what you're feeling, that your systems just aren't allowing you to, to, um, to cast a vision out for them and to create a plan that they can easily work into. So, so walk us through, what is the patient experience like in your office? Now, you mentioned there's just you there, but you have a chiropractic assistant, right? You've got someone at the front desk? Yeah, my mom does my front desk work for me. So. Okay. Okay. She and I. So walk me through, what is the patient experience like when somebody, after they've had their first phone call and they've come into the office now, then what happens? So they come into the office and we say, great, here's the new patient paperwork. Can you go ahead and fill this out for us? We usually tell them on the phone, it'll take about 15 minutes in a perfect world. They come 15 minutes early to fill it out. (laughs) And that Um, always works. 
Yeah. And I like to run on time. And so normally they finish their paperwork. I'm ready to bring them back within five minutes. Even if I'm running late, I'm never really that late. I bring them on back and then we go over their history. We talk about the problems that brought them in. I make a couple of comments on other things I might notice in their chart that are kind of different or that I have questions about. We just go through everything together. And then I say, all right, first thing we're going to do is an examination and we are going to try and figure out the root about what's going on with you. And so we'll do the exam, ortho-neuro, basically more ortho-neuro exam, range of motion, blood pressure, kind of the basics. And then as we go through, I'll talk about the different positives or like, oh, wow, your range of motion is really restricted in this way or different things I'll notice. And then what I used to do is I used to just go from exam to adjustment and do treatment plan at the end. I have been trying to transition away from that but that was my old pattern. Now I like to try to split the exam up. We finish the exam, I sit them up. I then talk to them about what's going on physically, what I think their condition is, and then say, you know, what I think they should do in order to fix it. And again, I've been trying to work on my wording with that, where it's really not what I need them to do. It's what they need to do. So another subtle shift I'm trying to make is say, you need to see me three times this week and then twice for the next two weeks after that. And this will probably take about eight visits for you to feel great again and say something like that. And they say, are you ready to get adjusted? They say yes. And then we'll do the adjustment and we'll close. Okay. How do they pay for their care? They pay for the care visit by visit after each visit. Okay. What happens, so if they feel great after eight adjustments, then what happens? Do you release them from care? So then I release them from care. We'll have a brief conversation. And I like to, in a perfect world, have conversations maybe one or two times while we're undergoing care about, hey, you know, I've noticed that you have less neck pain. Even though you've come in with back pain, you keep saying that your neck feels so loose when you're sitting at your desk. I have a lot of patients who really like to just come in regularly about once a month or once every six weeks and just get little tune-up wellness adjustments. And you can do that too at the end when we have your low back feeling better, where maybe you just want to come in regularly. And then once they feel better, I suggest to them, it'd be great to follow up with me in about a month and we can just maintain the progress that we've made. But ultimately it's your choice. So you let me know when you need to come back and I kind of leave it open-ended that way. Okay. In a perfect world, so if I could wave a magic wand and people would do exactly what you wanted with very little education, money was not an issue, what would you want for your patients? Would you want to release them at the end of their care or would you want everybody to just naturally transition into some kind of a wellness care? I would love for everyone to transition into some kind of a wellness care. And I am a believer that everyone's different. I don't want to say everyone has to come in once every four weeks because some people need to come in every two and some people come in for every sure. eight, but some kind of a wellness program, whatever that person seems to need for their life and their lifestyle. Okay. What do you think is holding you back from creating that? Um, sometimes I worry if I'm being really honest that they'll think I'm one of those chiropractors where I'm trying to sell them <laughs> on something. Yeah, yeah. Air quotes. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to sell them on something or I'm trying to talk them into something and I don't want to come across pushy or salesy. I just want to come across like, 
I'm telling them what I think is best for them, but that I also believe in their own right to choose what's best for them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Lauren, tell me about the dynamics between you and your mom. Okay. So we're really good friends. We're like best friends, actually. That's Um, awesome. Yeah. And we get along really, really well. But sometimes at work when I say, hey, I'd like to try this or hey, I'd like to change this. She has a lot of reasons why that won't work or why it's not feasible. Okay. Is there any one issue that that typically tends to be around? Is it appointment scheduling? Is it money? Is it uh, It's appointment scheduling and time blocking. And then it's money with patients because she feels like everyone can't come in because they can't afford it. She goes, oh, Mm -hmm. they can't come back because they just can't afford it. And I'm like, yeah, but it's my job to make them see the value in it so that they can prioritize their finances so that they want to afford it or it's something that they feel like they should spend money on. And that's my job. And she's like, well, I think they just don't have the money, right? Yeah. So there's kind of like this breakdown happening there. And then in addition to that, like when we're talking about scheduling patients, like she sees it like she wants to put in people because all the people I see is more money and she wants to help me see as many people as I can. And then sometimes I feel stressed because we'll be double booked or she'll put um, patients into my admin hour or she'll put a new patient where there isn't time for a new patient. And so that's also a little bit difficult where I'm like, hey, let's not do that. And she's like, no, you need to make money. We need to do that. So those are two of the big things that we work through. Okay. Lauren, those are really tough issues because they're, they're difficult issues to begin with, with a chiropractic assistant, because if you're talking about money and appointment booking, I almost can't think of two bigger issues to have at the front desk as far as <laughs> retention and revenue producing, right? It is a big deal. Your CA has to be on board with how things are done in the office. But then on top of this, you've got the mom-daughter dynamic and you guys, you clearly have a really close relationship. And so I would imagine that there's a certain amount of, first of all, as the daughter, you, you know, just because you grew up with this woman, um, you feeling like, oh, it's really hard to tell my mom what to do and, you know, really put my foot down about it. But then at the same time, I wonder if there's almost a bit of mom guilt. Like if I don't do things the way she wants it done, then I feel kind of badly because it's going to create some conflict and we don't have conflict. We get around, we get along so well. Would that be correct? I would say yes. Okay. Well, you have a bit of a double whammy there. So first of all, your front desk issues are really, really common, Mm -hmm. but the fact that you have your mom doing this, makes it just that much harder, but it's certainly workable. So first thing I want to say is you talking about these things about your front desk issues and your mom being a front desk person does not take away from the fact that your mom, I bet, is an amazing, wonderful person. And I know that you, you feel that clearly, right? Oh, absolutely. In the way yeah. Okay. So just in case mom is ever listening to this, mom, you are awesome. <laughs> And Lauren is so thankful for everything that you've given her and the opportunities that you have allowed her in practicing with in this and building this business together. Is that right, Lauren? Absolutely correct. Yes. Okay. But that also doesn't mean that sometimes there are changes that need to be made in order to make the practice more successful. And I know that this is something that you have, you've really been struggling with for quite a while and really trying to work through it. So there's a barrier there. 
that needs to be kind of crashed through. Mm-hmm. And based on what I know about you, and, and what I know about you is simply that you've been working on this, you've identified this problem for a while, and you've been working through this problem for a while, you need to make the decision whether or not you're going to just decide to do things differently. And like, it's, that's just it. We're just, if it's going to change, it's got to be me that changes. Otherwise, nothing is ever going to change. And you have to make that decision whether now is the time for that to happen. Because if you're not there yet, I can certainly give you some things that will help. But I think, I mean, you have such a great practice model here, Lauren, that so much can change. You can vastly change your patient retention and therefore your income. But you have to be able to bust through some really deep things. So are you ready to explore some of those things? I am absolutely ready. Okay. One of the things that I hear in um, the way you're talking about your dynamic with your mom, but also just your dynamic with your patients and how you're running your practice, I hear fear coming up over and over and over again. And I think typically we have a, everybody has a fear of not being liked. And I think for you, you have this fear of creating conflict with your mom, but you also have this fear of people thinking that you're, and I'm putting air quotes here, you're a certain kind of chiropractor. You're, you know, you're one of those people and that they won't like you and they'll badmouth you and they won't come back. Would that be right? That's correct. Okay. So let's, let's work through that a little bit. I want to just address the mom dynamic first and just give you a couple of things to think about. You're a mom. You've, so you've got two kids, nine and mm-hmm. five. Do you have boys or girls or both? Boy and girl. Oh, nice. Yes. Do you want the best for your kids? Absolutely. Of course I do. Do you want them to succeed and feel fulfilled? Yes. Is it hard for you when you see them struggling? Really hard. How do you handle it? What is your gut reaction when you see one of your kids struggling with something? What I is your gut reaction? It. I can right. fix it. I can help them. Let's fix it together. Okay. And do you? Or people have different personalities as moms, right? So do you, are, do you step in and try and fix it? Or do you step back and try and support them and I, help I them? I tend to be more helicopter mom. Yes, okay. I step in and help them. <laughs> okay. Where do you think you might have learned that from? From my own mother. Okay. Do you think it's possible that your mom sees you struggling? Yeah, I do. Okay. Do you think your mom wants to see you happy and fulfilled? Of course. I know she does. Yeah. Okay. So here we have a dynamic where you are working with your mom. This isn't just you, you know, getting on the phone once a week with your mom who lives many hours away and her saying, so how's life? How's practice? And you saying, well, it's pretty good, but you know, like I've just practice could be better. I feel like I'm just really struggling with this thing. And your mom trying to support you over the phone. And at the end of the call, that's really the end of it. You have this every day. You're both in this together. And your mom sees the struggle, right? So your mom mm-hmm. is watching you go through this. Moms, I mean, we always have the answer, right? And I'm sure right. that your mom is feeling like, I know what she needs to do. Why won't she just do it? Or why won't she just let me do it? And <laughs> all your mom wants, your mom wants to see you at peace, stress-free, happy, 
making enough money that you can go home and feel like, you know, I have put in a great day's work with a great pay that's coming home to my family. I've worked hard for this and I deserve this and I'm getting, I'm getting what I feel like I need. She wants all that for you, but she's watching you struggle. And so what she's doing is she's coming in and she's in, she's in fix it mode every time she walks into the office. You are so insightful and that is so true. So, okay, put yourself back in, like, you as a mom looking at one of your kids. What gives you peace? When they're struggling, what would give you peace in that struggle? Um, I know for me, if I really take a step back out of the situation and go, you know what? They can handle this and they can work through it on their own. The older they get, the more times I find we're coming into situations (laughs) like that where I go okay, I recognize I cannot actually fix this for them. They have to do it themselves. Maybe I can give them ideas. We can talk it through, but I have to just trust them that they can do this. Yeah. And then when you see them handling it, right, and the situation resolves itself, you feel like, okay, everything is right in the world again, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I really think that's the way your mom wants to feel. She wants to see you at peace. She wants to have peace herself. and. I think maybe what, maybe what we can do is help her with a, f- a few tools in her tool bucket, but really what needs to happen is for you to bust through the struggle so that she can stop feeling like she needs to fix it because she's just being a mom. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. you know, for anybody else listening out there who has a CA that is doing the same thing because, I mean, Danielle and I hear it all the time, right? So we know there are lots of CAs who we tell them one thing, we train them in one thing, and then what they do at the desk is another thing because I don't want to say it like this might sound because, like, they know better. Um, And really, it's the same thing. A CA doesn't have to be related to you to have those maternal feelings of I care for this person and I see them struggling. I see the numbers. I see the books. I want to help them and I'm going to do it this way. So I think it's important that we are all able to recognize that our CAs, we hire them because they're caring people. And part of their caring is when they see us struggling, they just want to step in and help. The best way you can help them do what they're supposed to do is by figuring out the struggle and making it better. So Lauren, we're going to have to sort of figure out how can we help you increase your retention and sort of, you know, make more money in the practice, but also have conversation with your mom that allows her to feel like she is in a safe place where she can, don't want to say it the way it might sound, but like back off and, and let you do your thing. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple of things that need to happen there. Okay. let's just talk straight systems for a few minutes. So I'm going to give you some really clear, concrete ideas in how to change, just tweak your systems a little bit to increase retention. And then we're going to go a little bit deeper with some admin stuff. And then we're going to go a little bit deeper with some mindset stuff. Is that okay with you? Perfect. Okay. One of the biggest things that I see with clients when they have a low PVA or patient visit average, so low retention, is that their patients, they don't actually know what they're supposed to do, right? People come to you because you're the doctor. They want to know what they're supposed to do. They want your recommendations. And what happens is if we're so afraid of 
telling them what they really need because, um, because we're afraid that they're going to leave, what happens is they're unclear. And anytime there's lack of clarity, they will leave. So if you're telling them their acute care, so say it's you know three times a week for two weeks and then two times a week for two weeks and then you're releasing them from care, what they're hearing from that is it's like a diet. At the end of my 30 days, I go off of my diet and I go back to all the bad nutrition things that just make me go back to what I was before that needed the diet in the first place, right? What they're hearing is I'm released from care. Care is finished there. And I will only come back under care when I need care because really that's what Dr. Lauren has told me. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, sounds about right too. And them leaving, it's not always because they want to leave. It's because they don't know that they're supposed to do anything different. So one of the easiest, easiest things to do is to start out by pre-scheduling out their appointments. So if you already know that they're going to have to have eight or 10 appointments or whatever, and you're communicating that to them, what they're going to do is when they go out to the front desk, what's your mom's name? Lisa. Lisa. So you're going to tell them when you go out and see Lisa on your way out, she's going to book those appointments for you so that you have that time scheduled in your calendar and you know exactly when you need to be here. Right? So you're always spinning at benefit, benefit to them. I will tell you this, that if I have to go into my calendar and make an appointment and especially pick up a phone to make, a, make an appointment, it's so not likely going to happen. But if I have all my appointments scheduled out already, I'm going to show up because they're there. And especially if I get reminders about them, it's awesome. So again, this is actually a way to make your patient's life easier by pre-scheduling out those adjustments. And, you know, if you can, if you can help your mom understand that, you know, give her that example that if you know, if you know, you get a haircut every five weeks and it's kind of, you make the appointment, um, in advance, you know that you're more likely to show up than if you're, you know, your hair is getting long and you got to find the phone number and you got to make sure that it's during business hours and you got to pick up the phone and make the appointment. So help your mom understand that it's actually easier for patients to stay on track with their care when their appointments are all scheduled out and just let her know, like, this is something that we have found in the profession over many, many, many years, over millions of people getting adjusted. The people who have pre-booked appointments they stick to their plan better and therefore they get the results that they want. And people are paying you for results. Mm -hmm. Okay. So ultimately this is what's best for the patient because it means they're much more likely to get the results that you have promised them. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it does. Okay. This is kind of a, this is a not appointment thing. This is kind of an aside. What is your fee structure? Does everybody pay the same fee or do you have a, different fees for different ages? Um, well, I accept insurance, so that kind of dictates a lot of the fees. Okay. My cash prices are all the same. But so you don't have a different vary. price for students or seniors or children or anything like I that? I used to, but I realized I'm giving them the same care. It's taking me the same amount of time, the amount of energy. And so this year, we actually stopped that completely. And so I just have, this is what it is. I have a few people I give discounts to that I still haven't managed to like pull it back from, but I'm not offering more discounts and we're really trying to get the fee structure even across the board. Awesome. So first of all, I want you to, when you're, as soon as we're finished this recording, stand up and do a happy dance and give yourself a <laughs> pat on the back for doing that because something a lot of people struggle with is this idea that different 
people get different costs depending on their age when really it has, it has nothing to do with the results that they're getting, right? Mm -hmm. Do they pay you for an appointment or do they pay you for a block of care? Uh, sorry, they not a block me. of care, um, a block of time. Like, do you have 15 minutes is this price, 30 minutes is this price, or is it the adjustment is this price? The adjustment is this price. Yes. Awesome. Okay, so you get to give yourself another massive pat on the back for that. Yay. That is so great. <laughs> what do you charge for an adjustment? I charge 45 for an adjustment. Okay. How do you feel about that charge? Does that, do you feel like, yep, that is right in line with what I feel I'm giving them? I feel like it's in line with what I'm giving them. I feel like I'm absolutely worth that and I'm probably worth a little bit more, but mm. I try to just keep it affordable for patients, not rock the boat. It's also in line with what I get paid by most of the insurances I'm in network with. And so I'm trying to balance out the fees instead of increasing my prices. And that was part of why I took away almost all the discounts this year. Okay. So that's good. Do you, do you have a mandate? Are you required to keep your fees balanced between what you get from insurance versus what you're charging your cash patients? Um, we can't have dual fee schedules. So I need to be charging them the same rate that I'm charging the insurance companies. So okay, I can't so like charge cash patients one thing for the same service and then charge the insurance companies a different rate for the same service. So I guess what I'm asking is, could you raise your rates to $50, for example? Yeah, I could. Could you raise them to $60? I could. Oh, okay. So you have freedom to raise your rates. So, yep. okay. I, what I heard you say was, I actually feel that I'm worth more than this, but I'm afraid that people won't pay it. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I'm only charging 45 even though I feel in my heart that I'm undercharging. Yes. And you're justifying it by being compassionate toward them because it's affordable. Yes. Okay. Do you know how much people pay for an iPhone, the newest version of the iPhones? About $1,000. Yeah. More in Canada. Oh. Because <laughs> of our exchange rate. It's crazy. <laughs> Do you know how much people pay for a Starbucks coffee? Like 5 or $6. Yeah. Did you know that the average person, so Starbucks has released this data, the average person, and this is, these are old numbers, so it's probably even low. The average person, the, sorry, the average purchase that people make when they walk into Starbucks is over $12. Wow. Mm -hmm. So people, we know that people will pay for value, right? Like do people question getting braces for their child? Nope. Plastic surgery if they decide they need a different looking nose or a larger cup <laughs> size, right? Yep, yep. People have no issue paying for what they perceive to be of value. So the idea of $45 being you want to make sure that it's affordable has nothing to do with it. It has everything to do with your fear around not being liked. It would does. you agree with that? I would. I would. Okay. Lauren, you are a great chiropractor. And one of the hardest things is waking up every morning and walking into your practice and knowing somewhere in your heart that you should be compensated better, but you're not doing it. Because what it does is it chips away at your own self-esteem every single day somebody swipes their card through your machine. 
And the reason it chips away at your self-esteem is because it's coming directly from you. You are the one who is telling yourself, I'm not worth it. I've never looked at it that way before. You are worth it. So it doesn't matter whether it's $45, whether it's $35, whether it's $65, whether it's $57.45. It's what you feel your value is. So I'm going to ask you a question and I don't want you to think about it. I don't want you to try and analyze it or justify it. I'm just going to ask you for the first number that pops into your mind. What do you, what would you like to be charging people? What do you want people to pay you? 50 and adjustment. Okay. I've never raised my rates in my almost 11 years of practice. And so I feel like my knowledge has increased, my skill has increased, and the time and the energy I give people is more than what they get other places where they are paying $50. So I feel like I really am worth 50. And the results I give them is worth 50. Awesome. Okay, so when are you going to raise your rates then? I don't know. I don't know. I'm big on like, structured things so I always do things in January but that does feel a little far away so maybe second quarter of the year like June halfway through would be a good time okay so you could do it Monday if you wanted to you could, could do it tomorrow if you wanted to yeah and it doesn't have to be a big deal do you know do you know how you raise your rates do you know how you notify people that you're raising your rates it's $50 today please yeah. You put a little sign on the desk or you say nothing. I know people who have said nothing. They've just raised their rates. You mm-hmm. put a little sign on the desk that says as of blank date, the fee for an adjustment is $50. Mm-hmm. End of story. You don't have to have a massive conversation because here's what we were talking about this yesterday, actually on our aligned women Q and a call. If you polled all of your patients, I bet you, at least 75% of your patients don't actually know how much an adjustment costs. I bet they couldn't tell you, yeah, I pay $45 an adjustment. They would have to check back in their records or something like that. So you raising your fees is a non-issue for them because they probably don't even know what the fee is right now. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is, you know, the cost of everything goes up. The cost of gas has gone up. The cost of bread has gone up. I mean, if I asked you right now, how much does a pound of bananas cost at Walmart? Do you know? maybe a dollar. It's Walmart, so probably not a dollar. (laughs) (laughs) You don't really know, right? And it's the same with patients, right? We pay for things without, for the most part, without even paying attention because it's just, they're paying you because it's what they need. So you do not need to feel a shred of guilt or fear with raising your prices because it happens to all of us in every area of our life. People expect it. In fact, people would be shocked and wonder, Why? If you told them I haven't raised my prices in 10 years, they'd be like, really? That's crazy. (laughs) Okay, so a fee increase is in order, not only because it's going to increase your revenue, but more importantly, Lauren, because it is in alignment with what is in your heart. And when you walk into your office every day and you go, I am getting paid exactly what I'm worth, it's an awesome feeling. Mm -hmm. So... I'm going to challenge you to put a sign up on the desk on Monday that just says, as of whatever date that is, the cost for an adjustment is now $50. Okay. And if mom has a problem with that, then 
that's a different conversation, but that's where you just need to say, you know what, mom, our prices are not in alignment with the business model here. The business model is not going to work if we don't raise our prices. End of story. Yep. Okay, cool. Okay. All right. I like it. Let's talk about the treatment plans because it sounds to me like, and I, I don't want to offend you if I say it like this, but I think you know what I mean. It, it's a bit wishy-washy how you're telling people what they need. I feel like I'm wishy-washy and okay. I don't want to be wishy-washy, but I know it's how I communicate. It's how it comes out. Okay. So some of that is simply a languaging thing and that's where you need to spend some of your time. I'm hoping that you do CEO time every week, even just some time on your own at a coffee shop and think about every single point of communication that you have with patients. So one of the things that you said when you were walking me through um, how you communicate care plan. So you said, we're going to figure it out. We're going to try to figure it out. When you were talking about um, going from the consultation into the examination, Mm -hmm. One of the things that, that you said was one, what you say to patients is, and we're going to try and figure it out. That doesn't instill a whole lot of confidence in a patient if the doctor is going to try to figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You talked about little tune-up wellness adjustments. Mm-hmm. You're inputting a force into their nerve system that holds their spinal cord, the connection to their brain, and is the you know, Houston central for their entire body. It's not a little tune-up wellness adjustment, right? It's important what you do. It's an adjustment and it has weight to it. Mm -hmm. So this is one of the things that I want you to begin to own is the language that you use with people and be very, very aware of the things that you say. I would recommend recording yourself for a day. Um, record different kinds of interactions with people and then just listen to it. Listen to it from through the eyes of a patient who has no idea what's wrong with them, but they know something's wrong. They've been told by a million other people that it's this or it's that, or you know what? You just have to accept it. This is as good as it's ever going to get. And they've come to you because they've heard you're going to work a miracle in their life. Is the language that you use in every interaction, does it convey that? Does it convey the authority that you know chiropractic has in their life? And so that's, I mean, that's something that you really have to pick through with a fine tooth comb is just going through how you say things with people. And, you know, I know people don't like scripts a lot of the times. One of the things that is great about creating a script for yourself is that you can still say what's, you know, what your language is. You can say things Lauren's way and communicate what Lauren wants to communicate, but you can really work on how you say it, saying it very succinctly. One of the things that you told me in your email to me was you think that you talk too much and that what it does is it kind of waters down. It makes what you're saying very wishy-washy to people. Yeah. And it's true because the meaning of things gets lost in a lot of words. That's why one of the things that you need to do is think about how can I say this with words that are as powerful as possible so I can use as few words as possible and then let it sink into people. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Do you talk sometimes because there's a pause or a silence and you, you feel like, oh my gosh, 
they don't want to commit to care. Like they don't like the price or they don't like what I'm saying. So you, you sort of, you're catching up by filling the space with words to almost try and justify what's going on or just fill the space. Yes. All the time. Okay. I remember hearing, uh, it was, this was years ago, an old tape I used to listen to of Zig Ziglar, who was, he was kind of like the, the grandfather of modern sales and uh, he's, he was a master at communicating things, but I remember him saying this <laughs> again. I don't want you to take it the way it's going to sound, but he would say the first person who talks loses. Mm -hmm. And I've never forgotten that. So when you have those awkward pauses, a lot of times it's just people processing what you've said, right? It's not them thinking, oh, there's no way I'm going to do that. It's a lot of times it's them thinking, I'm in worse shape than I thought I was. I'm so glad I'm here. Or it might be, okay, $970, like, you know, $50 times eight adjustments, that's $400. Can I put that on the card? How much space do we have on the card? Maybe I should take it off the line of credit. Should I pay by check? This is, these are the kinds of things that are going through their head. And we need to just give them a space to pause and think about that. Those pauses don't mean I don't like you. And I need to figure out how to get one foot out that door as quickly as possible. Okay. So again, that is a habit. It's just becoming aware of you talking and realizing that the more you say, the more you are watering down what's going on. And it's okay to give people a space to just think about things a little bit. Mm -hmm. And let them talk first. I promise you the pause won't go on that long because other people don't like awkward pauses. So let them, let them be the first one to speak. Let them be the one to ask you a question. Well, how can I pay for that? Or, well, how do I go about booking those appointments? And then it's simply, Lisa will take care of that at the front desk. Okay. 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 So let's talk about your care plans briefly then. You are giving people short care plans because you're afraid they're going to leave. I will tell you that people are coming to you because you're the doctor and because they want help and all they need to know is what's the vision here. Some people will leave when they're finished their, their sort of corrective or acute care plan. Mm -hmm. Most people, most people will stay. They just have to know what to expect. So one of the things that I really want to challenge you is thinking about how do you treat your kids, right? I'm sure that you probably check your kids regularly, mm -hmm. even if they don't have a symptom, right? And you already know as a mom that you're going to check your kids on a, you know, whatever your wellness time frame is, right? Mm -hmm. So you have an idea in your head that obviously everybody's different, but typically a child should be checked around every blank, right? And you're right. It can be, everybody's different. Is it six weeks? Is it monthly? Is it every two weeks? Is it, you know, whatever it is for you, but have an idea in your mind, what is it typically for an adult and what is it typically for a child? And then whatever that is, begin to communicate that out to your patients. Give them a vision of what wellness looks like for them. Okay. So I want you to make sure in your consultation that you're really digging into what is really behind them coming today. You know, you probably see people all the time, right, who have had low back pain forever. They've had it for 20 years, and yet here they are today. Or they've had headaches for five months, and yet here they are today. Why today? 
there's something about what does it actually mean in their day-to-day life? What's the cost of that? And I don't mean financially. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple of different ways that you can do it. You can ask them, you know, on a scale of zero to 100, where 100 is like amazing health, perfect health, where you had no pain, you had no issues with mobility, you could adapt to stress really easily, you have great relationships, you wake up every day feeling like I've got the energy to do the things that I want to do. If that was 100 and zero is, well, dead, where do you fall on that? People will give you, even people who come in and they're really well, right? If they say, well, I'm 90, awesome. Where's the gap? What is that 10%? And I learned this from my coach, who's, I think he's the best communicator I've ever met in chiropractic, Jamie Richards. And he taught me that. And I'm telling you, that question will get at so many deeper things, right? And if they say, I am just tired of not being able to get down on the floor and play with my kids without having back pain, then that's the vision of health you can create for them, right? And it's not necessarily going to happen in eight or 10 adjustments. Mm -hmm. So picture, you have to figure out for you, Lauren, what would care look like? So what a lot of people will do is they have these different phases of care and you can call them whatever you want. In my office, it's there's corrective care, there's rebuilding, and then there's optimization, right? And people know right from the get-go, we're going to start you in this phase of care. But my goal for you so that you can, you, you know, you can get closer to 100, so that you can get down on the floor and not have that low back pain, but also have lots of other things that are probably going on in your life not happening. That's going to require more care after. So we're just going to do this block first, and then we're going to retest. We're going to see where you're at. We're going to see what your goals are at that point, and I'm going to give you the next phase of care. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Yeah, so you've already implanted in their head. It doesn't end after 10 adjustments or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. But we're just going to book this and pay for this right now. And then we're going to retest. We're going to, I'm going to redo all the tests that I did today because I want to know that you're getting better. You want to know that you're getting better, but then we're going to reevaluate things and we're going to figure out what's next so that we can get you closer and closer to a hundred. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense to you? And they'll say, of course it makes sense because it makes sense. Do you feel like that's something that you could do, Lauren? I do. And as you're talking, I'm like, yes, sign me up to feel a (laughs) hundred. Right? (laughs) Yeah. But see, if you feel like that, why would your patients feel any differently? They wouldn't. And I'm like, I think I'm just missing these communication gaps of how chiropractic helps them and how I can help them to live their best life, which is ultimately what I want for all of my patients. Yes. I want them to live their best life, whatever that is for them. And then you just need to start communicating that to them, but without fear Mm -hmm. and with authority. So I told you that one of the things that I'll sort of get into a little bit deeper as we end this call is a mindset thing. And Lauren, there's so much fear among chiropractors, and I'm not really sure why that is because we work miracles in people's lives every single day. So one of the biggest things that I want you to work on is your own mindset around this. And I think one of the ways you can do that is start looking back at old files and collecting stories, like really look at your patients and look back in their file and find out what did they come in with and where are they at now? And really it's getting to those deeper things, right? It's not just about, okay, well, she came in with low back pain and now she doesn't have low back pain. That's good but it's only good because it means something in the quality of their life. 
those are the questions that you have to start asking in your intake. Those are the questions you have to start asking in your, your history forms. And those are the things that you need to ask when you do progress evaluations. So if you're not doing progress evaluations, that's a whole other thing as far as retention. Mm -hmm. Progress evaluations are so, so, so important because if you're going to test something once, why would you not retest it, right? It's mm -hmm. kind of expected. If <clears throat> you bring your car in <laughs> for something and they, you know, put it on the computer, you want to see that after they've done the work on their car that the computer readout is different. It's the same when we go in, you know, when we, when we go in for care in an office, we want to see that things are changing. As a patient, I want to know that there's been a measurable change and I want to feel it in my life. Highlight those things for people because they will forget what they first came in with. It's your mm -hmm. job to remind them just how bad they felt when they first came in and where they're at now and how much better their life is because of that. And when you do that, the more you collect those stories, Lauren, you're going to walk around starting to feel like, I'm awesome. Like my hands did this. Like we were able to, to create this incredible change in their life. And when a mom's life has changed or a dad's life has changed, it changes, it changes the whole dynamic of their family. It changes the habits that they create in their family, the way they raise their kids, the things that they do. It changes everything about that family. That's what you need to tap into is the power of what you have in your presence and in your hands and start to really own it. You are the doctor, Lauren. People come to you for help. All they want is to hear certainty and they want to hear hope and they want to hear what their plan is and they want you to hold, they want you to hold them accountable to their plan by making sure that they keep their appointments and they pay for their appointments. Yep. And I promise you, when you do those things, you're going to see a massive increase in your retention. And in fact, <clears throat> when I looked at your numbers that you emailed me, you're already at about 80% capacity the way you are. You're going to have to increase your capacity in order to handle the increase that you're going to have in retention because it's going to blow up. It really mm -hmm. is. Like, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. So that's another, that's the next thing that you're going to have to work on is how do, I, how do I increase my capacity without changing my hours? Mm -hmm. It's a whole other call. Yeah. I think I can do it pretty quick. If I can get my new patients to stay, I think I could be having that new problem in like a month or two. And what a great problem to have. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about some action steps then that we talked about from today. What do you remember as action steps from today? I need to number one, work on my mindset because I know it's one of those things where if you don't have the right mindset, nothing else is really going to change. I'll slip back into those old patterns if the mindset is still there. So I know that's what we talked about at the end, but I think it's something I need to move up. And then it along with the, the mindset. Yeah. yeah. I'm like with that mindset, I think my language can change to where I'm like, well, where I'm so wishy-washy. I need to change that. And I know it like, even just hearing you talk, I'm like, oh, yep. The just and the hopes, like the little words like the that, tries, that use the tries in the yeah. casual conversation. I'm like, that's something I say a lot. And I need to just eliminate those words that yep. this is what we're going to do, period. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then, so those to me are like number, the biggest, biggest things to do. As we talk more about taking action steps in what I change 
in like the structure of my communication, the structure of my history and exam is I really need to focus more on getting patients to talk about what this does for them in their life. Like what do, do these chronic headaches mean for you in your life? What can't you do because of that? Cause I do ask people, you know, what are your goals of care? And everyone just says, well, I just want to feel better. And I go, okay, great. Do you have any others? And every once in a while, someone will say, I'd like to be able to run again, or I'd like to be able to lift weights, but it's all kind of basic, not big things. But I feel like this wellness question, which I kind of jotted down here in my notes, um, is really going to change that for me because it does, it fills in, you know, if you're not a hundred, what's keeping you from being a hundred mm-hmm. and yeah. how can I help you get there? It, it changes the whole dynamic of the conversations that I want to be having with patients because yeah, I want to get them out of pain, but I want to help them live their best life. And that really is if I was going to choose one or the other, I want to help them live their best life. Yeah. And cool. That's how I can get there. And getting them out of pain is the first step because they can't yeah. really, it's, it's, it's not your primary goal, but it's the first thing that you have to deal with for them. Okay, right. cool. What else? Um, let's see. I need to, I don't know, the whole stuff talking about my mom and everything like that. I was like, you're right. I think she does feel stressed. She wants to fix it for me. She sees me struggling. And so if I can just remove the struggle for myself, it'll also remove the struggle for her. I think mm-hmm. we'll both be a lot happier for it. Sit her down and have a conversation and say, like, I love that you care about me so much. And I know that you see me struggle and I want to let you know, I'm going to make some changes to the office. That's going to release you from having to feel like you need to worry about this or control it. I need you to trust me in this. This is what we're going to do. And the outcome of this is that everything is going to be easier for both of us, but I need you to trust me and do this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. What were some other things that you took away? Um, to talk less. I need to talk less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. And then I guess with other front desks, just systems. I don't have a lot of systems. I just let everybody, this is what, you should do in order to feel better. So go up to the front and you make that decision. I just, I let them take too much of it on instead of saying, this is what you need to do to feel better. And so why don't you get started on this right now? Make a commitment to it. I'm, I'm not having people commit by making appointments. I'm like, yeah, schedule for Friday and then we'll go from there. I do a lot of, and then we go from there and I need to take that out. I need to say, this is the plan. This is what we're doing. Are you in? Great. Yeah. Go schedule those you, you are the doctor. You need to be in control of all of those things. So communicating that you are in control of how this is going to happen. And, and you do that through systems. So if systems are something that's lacking in your practice, Lauren, that's something, again, that's a whole other call. That's a whole, mm-hmm. like, that's a whole coaching issue is how do you get systems in place that make it really easy for you and your mom to just mm-hmm. whoop, like, this is when this, then this, 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 and this happens. And the last thing we talked about was your fees. My fees. Yes. So we're going to raise your fees to 50. Okay. Will you accept my challenge to do it Monday morning? I will accept your challenge to do it by the end of March. I need to breathe into that one a little. It feels really big. (laughs) Okay. And just, I don't know when this podcast is going to air, but if it airs during the summer, we are recording this at the very end of February. So that's why we're in saying the end of March. Okay. Awesome. I feel like you've got some, some real structured action steps to take forward. Yeah, I do. Do you feel like this was helpful? Super helpful. Really, really helpful. I kind of dialed in all the things I kind of knew, but they were just all floating. And so now I brought them all together and I think I can make myself a really good plan to fix this problem. 
Good. Excellent. Thank I know you. that you can do it. I'm excited for you. And I'm really happy that we booked this call today. And I wish you all the best of luck with these steps. Make sure you stay in touch with me because I'm going to keep you accountable to these steps. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. And that's all for this episode. I'm curious how many of you could identify with Lauren's problem. Like I said, Danielle and I, we hear very common, we hear problems that are very common from person to person. And those are the kinds of things that we tend to put in our on-air coaching calls. So I'm really curious to see how many of you are struggling with the same kinds of things that Lauren struggled with, whether it was you know, a systems issue like retention or whether you are having a hard time really owning your authority and your power in your practice. If you felt like I was talking to you, then first of all, I want to make sure that you're part of our Facebook group. We have a free Facebook group. We would love for you to join. Join the community of other women chiropractors who are talking about all these different kinds of things in practice and in life in general. It's called Mama Chiropractors. We spell it Mama, M-A-M-A. And you can find the link to join at alignedwomen.com forward slash Mama Chiropractors, all one word. And on that note, if you love this episode, would you just take a moment to write a review in whatever podcast app you listen to this podcast in? Reviews are one of the ways that people find us. So you guys probably know that reviews, whether it's for your practice or in our case for the podcast, helps to increase your search engine optimization. So the more you review our podcast and let us know, you know, give us a, a five-star review on it, it helps other people to find this podcast. And there are lots of women out there trying to do this alone. They don't know what you know. So leave a review and let them know. And if you love this episode and you're thinking, I know someone who needs to hear that, just hit the share button and make sure you share the episode with them. And if you're at the point where you realize, you know what, I really need help. I'm tired of trying to do this alone. I'm trying, tired of trying to figure this out. I need some concrete steps that are specific to me and my practice then we would love to work with you. You can go to alignedwomen.com forward slash work with us and you'll see the different work with us options. So we have one-on-one -on -one coaching, we have individual strategy sessions like what you heard today and we also have paid masterminds which are, they're just a great way to help you work through some of the things that sometimes you just can't see the forest through the trees and that's what we're here to help you with. And that's all for today. Have an amazing week and we will see you next time on the Aligned Women podcast. Thank you for joining us today on the Aligned Women podcast. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, we would love for you to head on over to iTunes and hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join the community of amazing women doctors in our free private Facebook group, Mama Chiropractors, by going to alignedwomen.com slash mama chiropractors. And if you'd love to fast track your success in life and practice, subscribe to the waitlist for the Aligned Women team group coaching membership by going to alignedwomen.com forward slash join. Have an amazing day and we look forward to seeing you next time on the Aligned Women podcast.